includes writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away. And it's gone. I don't even know who. Everyone's taking back you. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And we are here to talk men and women's basketball. And it seems like every week we have one team that we want to sing the praises to and another team that we want them to just pull themselves up and, and get a little bit better. And uh, we've been playing this game here at TNT of the what team is better, the men or the women? And for the last few weeks, the women have been winning this competition. The women have been fantastic. The last few weeks, they've done great things like going on the road and beating TCU, blowing out Kansas State on the road, beating ranked Texas, right? It's been fantastic. However, recently they've slid. And on the men's side, after just loss after loss after loss and being the worst team in the conference, what does Texas Tech do? Win two straight games, including the greatest comeback in Texas Tech men's basketball history so to talk about just the top deservedness of both teams i got the people champ that is jeremy gillen what's up germ we are doing our best marie kondo on this podcast albert we always try to keep it balanced we try to keep the zen make it feng shui we can't have two wins that'd be too much lord knows we couldn't handle it we can have two losses i don't know how that adds up but we are used to that But we can't, God forbid, we cannot have two wins. So we were, we were making a joke. We were making a joke pre-pod that like um, this year, I guess we're not allowed to go to the NCAA tournament because men's fo- the football team was good. Like it can't, like it's like we can't have too much good stuff, right? Like the football team for the past decade has been mid, but every other sport's been killing it. And now the football team's good. It's like ah, basketball. Sorry, men's basketball. <laughs> you can't, so you, can't, you gotta go on an eight game losing streak. You know, oh, men's basketball wins two straight. Sorry, women's uh, the women's side. You gotta lose this game that you could have won against Oklahoma State. So let's talk about the women's side first, Jeremy. And um, you and I, we just got done watching the Texas Tech women's basketball team lose to Oklahoma State in Stillwater in a game that they definitely could have won. This comes off of another bitter loss to Baylor, where Baylor just from really, I don't want to say from start to finish, because there were some moments in the game um, up until the third quarter where it looked, quarter where it looked like Texas Tech had a good shot to to make things happen. But that Baylor game seemed like a, a steady, a, a end-to-end loss, and this Oklahoma State game, right when it seemed like Tech finally had turned the corner. Yikes. Fourth quarter troubles reared their ugly head. The late fourth quarter troubles, too. You're right. That Baylor game, uh, tough, man. Tough at home. It, for me, watching it, I realized it, it. the team was not in any kind of rhythm, and Baylor was just like, anytime that it felt that Tech was trying to claw their way back Baylor would just get a burst of energy from that it was just it was bang bang it was uh it was just it was not uh it was not a fun night in Lubbock for sure 79 59 loss uh at home never easy this one this one I got some problems with um you haven't beat Oklahoma State in a long time <laughs> the women have uh what were we, what game were we joking about earlier um was it the women's side? They haven't beaten somebody in a long time. And then, oh, gosh. Maybe it was Iowa State. No. Anyways. Um, 
yeah, you go into you know you go into Stillwater with this a little bit of energy. I mean, you're on a two game losing sh- uh, skid, but you know you had a you had a weird battle against West Virginia, and Baylor's just a really good team. But you have a good coach, and you have a good game plan. And um, even though you open up pretty slowly and with a lot of turnovers and kind of scary amount of turnovers in a short amount of time. You, you get it back and you claw, I mean, you keep it close until the third quarter and then you bust ahead with a massive run um, that puts it, sets you up really nicely. And then, ah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> Jeremy, they, so the end of the first half and the end of the game, talk about terrible ways to close out both, right? Like there was a, a Texas Tech in the second quarter where, um, uh, just down one with about six and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. Uh, and Oklahoma State just busted wide open, right? Like by the, by the halftime hit and Tech was now down by eight, right? Or, or down by down by 10, sorry, uh, early in the third quarter. And then, but you know what happens? Tech, we fight our way back. We fight our way back. We're in it, but we let them get another run in the third quarter. But we're like, yeah, okay, it's fine. Fight our way back. Claw, we have a one-point lead with seven minutes and some change to go in the game. It's great. And then, Jeremy, they score 16 straight. And you can't win games letting the other team score 16 straight in the fourth quarter. Like, that's just, you're not, you're not going to win anything in that way. We went five minutes without scoring a field goal whatsoever. Um, Bree Scott, who was on a tear in the conference season, she only put up seven points in this game. Um, probably her worst game of the season. I think that's safe to say this is her worst game of the season. And and shout out to Oklahoma State's game plan. Like they did a really good job of teeing off on Bree Scott, saying this is the girl, this is uh, the woman that's gonna gonna be the problem for us. Um, she just had a good game against Baylor. She did put up. She was her, her and Shavers were te- thing one and thing two against mm-hmm. Baylor. It was kind of the game plans for both those games were very interesting because Baylor was like, look, Bree Scott and, and Jazz Shavers, they're gonna score out of points, but nobody else will. Nobody yeah. else is going to score points, right? <laughs> and that and that worked. And then Oklahoma State was like, hey, we're going to do our damnedest to make sure that Bree Scott and Jazz Schaefer's do not beat us. And combine them to only put up, after 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 dropping uh, 41 points in the game against Baylor, combine them to only drop 17 in this game. Uh, and despite Bryn Gerlich having the game of her life against her former team, 25 points, against her former team out of nowhere, dropping Steph Curry threes like nothing. Um, none of it matters because, you know, our, our, star, our they did a very good job of of uh, um, face guarding, face guarding Bree Scott. And, and, you know, she had a bad, she didn't have a great game either. And, and seven turnovers is never going to be great. The turnover situation in this game against Oklahoma State was was pretty horrendous altogether. Um, but yeah, no, this is a, uh, this was not a great game, and a game that Tech could have won. I think that's what makes it worse. Like the Baylor game, you kind of you kind of take it over and you see, you take it on the chin. Uh, this game against Oklahoma State, Tech could have won. The game was there. Like I said, we had to lead in the fourth quarter and just kind of imploded. I will I will um, give a little bit of a critique, more of a critique to Bree Scott in this game. Um, you know, the game plan was set really well, uh, and of course, you keep Scott and Shavers. Really, for the most part, out of double-digit territory. I mean, Shavers got there at the end, but it's just like, um, you know, you make it really tough for Texas Tech to do anything. Albeit, towards the end, uh, Oklahoma State kind of changed up their defensive. Well, first of all, they didn't really have to change it up at all because they were getting transition turnovers and then buckets off of that. Um, But, you know, Scott had four... 
three or four shots there at the end um, that she was just jacking them up. You know, she was just trying to make something happen. I feel like that was just tough shot selection on her and her on her end. Um, you know, as that person who's kind of the leader of this team, truly in a lot of ways. You know, I think that when it gets to that point in the game, because there was this, there was you know, Oklahoma State got ahead, but it wasn't crazy yet. It got crazy when we missed our shots. It got crazy when we continued to turn the ball over. And that's when we went from we were down three to we lose by 12. Um, you know, and so I the game plan, like Oklahoma State game plan really well. Brent Gerlich's like surgence off of not shooting well for the past couple of weeks to suddenly, you know, 10 of 13, 4 of 6 from beyond the arc, way beyond. Um, you know, she was in her bag. The thing that sucked is that really nobody else was at the end and yeah. you're right man like if a lot of frustration a lot of frustration a lot of frustration from the team at the end uh katie uh, big cat you know she uh, she i mean unless it was a foul like she a couple bad fouls there in the fourth quarter and um then she's catapults that by bouncing off of the ref and, and adding yeah. to that with the technical yeah. right and so it's just um bad fouls from bailey moppin and so she's moppin struggled to get going post-surgery this was even though she moppin kind of got in foul trouble in this game this is probably her best game since coming back off of injury but still it's it's this was a game that no despite all the turnovers and despite the bad shots and despite your stars your star not really being able to score very well and and despite the fouls you're in it <laughs> despite all of that the game is right there for the taking um but it just you know that frustration boiled over there in the fourth and what was truly a close game i know if you look at the score you think oh they got beat by 12 it was it wasn't that close nah it was it was a dogfight but unfortunately the uh um the, the pit bulls of oklahoma state won <laughs> I, I guess in, what are we in that dogfight is that is that a good analogy we are now for sure. Yeah, um, so. Katie Farrell, big cat. I just wanted to say, uh, like, looked really good, you know, especially there in the third, in the beginning of the fourth. Excellent movement under the basket, ability to, um, had uh, just, excuse me, had two really good passes. Um, to service under the basket and just looked really, I mean, the development that we've seen about like around big cat, you know, after she came off injury at the beginning of the season, getting integrated into this, uh, into this lineup, getting into the brunt of big 12 play and just, you know, kind of taking it on the chin and just adjusting, getting better every week. She looked really good tonight. Albeit she fouled out, <laughs> she fouled out and, you know, kind of couldn't contain her temper there at the end. Though I think that, you know, everybody, I mean, if you watch Coach Gerlich, she's up and down the sidelines. I, you know, I don't know how people feel about this, but I don't mind a coach getting in a ref's, like getting in the ref's ear. Uh, I think as a coach, like you have a responsibility to the safety of your student athletes and especially to the way that they perceive, perceive like your student athletes perceive you protecting their safety so like if you're just getting roughed up under the basket and no fouls getting called and you look over and your coach is just kind of staring at you like well you should have done something different uh versus you know coach Gerlich who is like walking up and down the sideline with the referee um you know it is frustrating it is super frustrating and you know I think we all see it I, I mean go, coach Gerlich probably be the first one to tell you how frustrated she was with the end of that game so yeah just right, right there man right there freaking Every time. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, there's frustrations all over. Uh, Gerlich will st stand up for her her ladies. 
She's going to stand up for the team um, to anybody, whether it's Vic Schaefer or the refs or whoever. She's going to stick up for the team. Um, but yeah, no, tough loss against Oklahoma State. Uh, and and unfortunately, I was telling I was telling you this pre pod. Um, we have ever since the win against Texas, you know, we've been showing up in bracketologies. They want to put us in. They want to. We've been on the bubble for the last three games, and three games we've taken a loss. Right, and so I don't think we'll be on the bubble anymore. We were on the last I checked before this game. We were on the first four out. Um, another loss to Oklahoma State. I don't see us being on the next version of bracketology, uh, but. I think it's safe to say if we want a postseason, this next win at home against Kansas State this weekend, it's kind of a must win, right? Like, this is Kansas State's not a very good team this year. We've already beat them once, blew them out in Manhattan. We can't take another bad loss. Losing to Kansas State at home would be a bad loss. Um, this is a game to really end the snide, a team you've already beaten. So they're going to have revenge on their minds, but you're back at home in the friendly confines on a, uh, um, all, over on the weekend right um uh on a sunday so you should be this should be a good win but I, i'm willing to say it's kind of a must win if you want that postseason whether it's like my goal for this year has always been getting to a postseason tournament i don't care which one it is sure of course the ncaa tournament would be fantastic but i don't care i don't care if it's the nit get into one but you gotta win this game against kansas state and then they follow it up with a trip to austin last year we won in austin so it's not it's not a situation but the 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 Longhorn women are definitely going to have revenge on their mind as well. They remember uh, the Horns Down celebrations. I'm sure Schaefer's going to have it on every video board uh, at Moody, right, to let them know, like, these are the ladies coming into your arena. So that should be a fun one um, in Austin next uh, – what is that? Uh, next Wednesday. In Austin next Wednesday. So what do you think about those next two games coming up? Uh, you're totally right. I think that, you know, Texas Tech has done a really good job at – beating the teams they're supposed to beat this season the lady raiders have uh kansas state's gonna have to be one of those teams that you're supposed to beat first of all you beat them 85 65 in manhattan like we talked about that and you followed that up with the 68 64 win against texas you're kind of teed up for the same albeit kind of an inverse situation here where you have welcome kansas state to home and then you're going to go on the road to uh in, to austin to fight the you know Vic schaefer the Vic Schaefer, the Vic Schaeferettes, couldn't think of a good thing off the cusp there. But you know, <laughs> Kansas State, it's got to be a win. It, it absolutely has. You have to have some. So we're talking about bracketology. We're talking about getting into the tournament here. Sweeps, like beating a team and then coming back around the second half of the season with development, with injuries, with all that stuff in mind, and getting this like getting the win again, sweeping a team. That goes a long way. That goes the ability to show like, okay, you can keep, you can identify. You can attack and you can replicate. And so with this kind of, I like this bang-bang matchup here of Kansas State right and then right after being Texas. Because um, interestingly enough, you know, we have a three-game slit. Slit, slide. Uh, we slid, slid for three games. I'm all over the place. You went back-to-back. Back, you went back-to-back back Kansas State, uh, Texas again. Then I think you pop back up on the bubble conversation uh, first of all, because stacking success, that's what we try to do here. <laughs> uh, but number two, you know, getting back in your rhythm, like honestly pulling together wins at the end of a season, especially if you can get a really long strand going, that goes a long way uh, in consideration. And you've got other good teams here. I mean, you know, you've got a lot of good teams here with resumes for the tournament that if you go out and you win against those teams, you're not going to hurt your chances, right? I think this is still a tournament team in Texas Tech 
you know, having Bree Scotton have a good night is not going to be a consistency, right? She is out of her mind playing well right now. Um, uh, who else? Oh, somebody else in the front of my mind. You know, this was a very uncharacteristic Jazz Schaefer. This was a very uncharacteristic loss, and you still were that close, right? We talk, we've talked about that with men's basketball in the past. It's like you have some top person out, but you're still right there. Like this is the same formula. Well, so let's talk about men's basketball, shall we? Let's talk about men's basketball. And it's a happy time on the pod talking about men's basketball for the first time in over a month. Um, because the eight-game – ding-dong, the witch is dead. The eight-game losing streak is dead. After Texas Tech walked into conference season – Losing to TC at TCU, losing to Kansas, losing to Oklahoma, losing at Iowa State, losing it at Texas, losing to Baylor, losing at Kansas State, losing to West Virginia. They said, God, stop it. Stop it. We're done. Stop the Big 12 slate. Let's take a break. Let's go out to Baton Rouge. For the love of God, play somebody that's not in the Big 12. Please. That's what they said. They said, thank God that you guys are not playing the Big 12 to deal with this. <laughs> We're going to go to Baton Rouge. We're going to play another team that's on a seven-game losing streak in the LSU Tigers that also stink like we do, that also came in with heightened expectations but have had uh, some turmoil in the offseason, right? And that knows our pain a little bit. And they went into Baton Rouge and they won a game. They won a nice game, right? We talked about in the last episode about how this game was a game that Tech should win. We haven't had a game where we should win in a while, but it was a game that Tech should win, and they went in, they acted like a team that should win. It wasn't a blowout. It was a little sloppy. It was two bad teams playing each other. That's exactly how the, the game looked. But it didn't matter. Tech got a W for the first time in eight games. That's all. The, like It was a, a, a big monkey off their back of like, thank God. We got to win. Like For the love of God, we got to win. Right? That's what that game felt like. It was a big a relief. A big, a big sigh of like, huh, okay. Right, it's not a good team. It's not a celebration, but we won a basketball game. And I, we talked about it, Jeremy, all the time about this young team needing how to to learn how to win a game. And in the Big Twelve, it's hard to do so because you don't play any Vanderbilts, right? And usually, I know we use Vanderbilt as a joke in football, but they're also really, really bad in basketball this year. So we're going <laughs> to keep that going. Um, but there are no Vanderbilts in the Big Twelve, and so we don't get that opportunity to like just take a break. But finally, we did. Shout out to the Big 12 SEC Showdown. Last one. Tech wins the last one. Going into Baton Rouge, winning it, saying, screw you, Pete Maravich and Shaquille O'Neal. It's the Red Raiders' house. Um, getting that win. What do you think about the game against LSU before we go into the game that had everybody buzzing? A rock fight. I think that, you know, even though you have scores pretty much at 70 or, or above, this, this was a tough one. And it was... Sloppy basketball. It was not good. Oh, uh, man, it was, so, it was such a bad basketball. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. And so it's like a train, you know, watching the train wreck kind of thing. I was like, dang, if we lose this game, somehow it's worse now because I how like junior league this looks. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, something that this was just a survival game. This was a survival game by Texas Tech. Um, this was a gut check for sure, which put an asterisk there. We'll come back to that. That, you know, LSU was not going away. Um, Texas Tech was having a hard time pulling away. And what you have at the end is that you actually do a really good job at kind of bottling up KJ Williams and holding him to just 14 points, right? We were talking about him in the pre-pod. Um, you know, this is going to be a guy who's going to be scoring all the stuff for them. Uh, they have Andre, Mil- they, uh, Andre Miller, right? Allen, Adam, Adam, it's Adam. 
Adam Miller, uh, Adam Miller going kind of unconscious for them whenever KJ Williams couldn't. So you saw that LSU was trying to adjust their style of play. Um, <laughs> he was trying to adjust. We knew it. Their style of play, but uh, we, what do we, we know, Al? We, we talked people. about. Well, no, we <laughs> talked about KJ Williams being the star. Now everybody else is gonna suck, and then it was, <laughs> we knew it. We knew somebody was gonna. Man, like, and so I was. Crazy. I was thinking about it. I was like. Oh, did I say Adam Miller? No, I said I said freaking Justice Williams, who had two points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Adam Miller went went crazy from the three point stripe, especially in that first half. Um, but you're right; like Tech Tech really struggled to pull away from them. I think within the first like ten minutes of this game, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, we're so much better than, than LSU is. Like in the first ten minutes, I'm like, well, the the better team is Texas Tech. Like I I, I we can watch the first ten minutes and say and look at it ten fifteen minutes and say, okay. We know who the better team is, but now you got to actually do the thing. You got to actually win the game, right? You like you've shown you're better. Um, uh, O'Banner is is playing fantastically. He's balling out, right? He's outshining KJ Williams. We kind of talked about that matchup in the last episode. He's outshining KJ Williams. He's showing that he's the man, right? But you got to win the game. And every time it was time for Tech to pull away or win the game, well, here comes LSU. They give up a run. And, and in the second half, man, LSU was right there. Second half, sec- I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Second half, doubt crept in. I thought that was doubt it. crept in. LSU had a five point lead in the second half, and in my head, I'm like, well, this is it. <laughs> we did <laughs> it before. Here it is. <laughs> like we, yeah, we've been here before. Like this is it. Um, and to Tech's credit, we we cut that five point lead back down, made the run to give our own what is that three point lead or four point lead, and. We rode out into the sunset. We learned how to win a game. A, a hard fight. Because the second half, even though, I, like I said, we were the better team, in the second half, it was close. In the second half, LSU got the lead back. We talked about it. And they had to, they had to have that rock fight. But they found a way to win the game, which they, they had a stretch of about, about, was that, three, four minutes where LSU could not score and Tech took advantage of it. And for once, it was L- the other team not scoring and us, do, and us doing the thing, right? And so it was, it was good for finally learn how to win a game. I was very happy for the team. Um, you could see that weight just lifted off of them. Yeah, the team just did a lot more um, throughout the game than they really have in the past. I love that, uh, you know, just gritting it out. And we haven't done that um, this season. We haven't been able to make that. And we've been close, right? So many games where it's like at the end of it, you're thinking, I don't know. I like, we might be able to get this one. We might be able to get this one. And then just fall, the, the wheels fall off. Um, and so for Tech to have that, and albeit, you know, it is it's LSU and you know they're okay yeah, not that great um, no, no, they, no, they are the foundation they're, they're of the SEC kind of the same way we're the foundation <laughs> of Big 12 right now um, and, but you but you grit it out and that goes a long way it goes all the way to the next game <laughs> does it? because let me tell you something for the first like 30 minutes of this game we look terrible grit? <laughs> we no. look good <laughs> I didn't say start no, good. I said grit it out. <laughs> For the first like thirty minutes of this game, this was not a good game. Like this game, I was I'm watching this game and I'm like, man, that LSU was really bad because Iowa State is letting us know just how bad we are. Right? The first, so it comes out, and I say first thirty minutes. First ten minutes is you know normal beginning of game stuff, right? Trading yeah. backs gets back and forth. Iowa State goes on the run. Iowa State says, hey, we're the thirteenth ranked team in the nation. You are a team that's currently zero eight in the Big Twelve. Deal with it. And, and they, they put it on us. No, Iowa State didn't us. tell us. One person told us, and his name is Caleb freaking Grill from three. No, from the th- Golly, man. 
I mean, did he came out of the womb shooting threes? Lord have mercy. Eight threes in this game. Caleb Grill was unconscious. But we left him open. Like, he's like, hey, y'all going to leave me up here. I'm going to shoot this thing. And he did it. We left a tall white guy open. We left him open a lot of the times. Yeah, we left. Exactly. And so he just took advantage of it. And, and, uh, And once you, you know, and I see this on the NBA all the time, but once you let a shooter get going, he can't miss. And that's what ended up happening. Well, he can't miss until the very end anyway. Hey, but, um, yeah, until it counted. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, Iowa State for the first 30 minutes of this game, it was – they were so much better. Like, they were so much better in almost every facet. Uh, their, their offense was clicking more. They were getting to the open guy, a.k.a. Caleb Grill. Um, our defense wasn't very good, right? Uh, something – like, this is not – this is not the same defense I've watched Tech Tech play for the past seven years. Like, I don't know what it is, but this defense, they're, they're not switching appropriately. Um, Bacho just had a – not a good game in this game. He just he barely played. I know he ended up getting hurt, you know, a leg injury, and didn't come in for a big piece of the second half there. But even in that first half, did not play a very good game. Um, there, you know, we talk about the no middle defense. There's a lot of middle in this defense, um, and so it's 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 rough. Kevin O'Banner again had a very good game, and Kevin O'Banner, you know, we throughout this bad play, we don't talk enough about he's Mister Consistent. Like every game, for the most part, he's he goes out there, he gets his points, he gets his rebounds, he does his thing. He does he does his thing. He's not going to be the guy that's going to lead the team in some grandiose way. He's not going to be the guy that's going to be the leader of a of a comeback, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But he he does the thing. Twenty four points, thirteen rebounds in this game, and he was consistent throughout the game. But the leader of the comeback, we came back in the last ten minutes. And we've sung his praises this year, and we've also slandered him this year. But the leader of the comeback was Davion Harmon. And we got to give him his flowers, because without Davion Harmon, we get blown out in this game. He was great in that comeback for a guy who was really had a really bad game up to that point. But, I mean, couldn't uh, did not look at all like he has in conference. Like, it, it, but non-conference Davion Harmon, conference Davion Harmon, totally different, right? The... I mean, this guy had monster in his eyes. Like he was, uh, he was a whole different beast the last couple of minutes there, driving to the basket. And I think that's something we talked about, you know, a lot this season is that we need just we need somebody to confidently just drive to the basket all the time. You know, it's what Keenan Evans did for us. It's what Jarrett Culver did for us to an extent. We need somebody confident enough just to go in with good hands, dribble the basket, draw a foul, or get the layup. And Davion Harmon has been kind of teasing that all season. I know I, I especially have kind of gotten onto him for, I've gotten onto the band of bandwidth of him and O'Banner, like, you know, the seniority versus the guy coming in, but nobody's challenging him. Well, now Davion Harmon puts a lot of substance behind what he's behind that kind of that team lead archetype that he's trying to push. He found it in this game. And he, there was a lot. I mean, let's not. I mean, it wasn't all him, right? You have a lot of defensive effort there at the end from uh, guys like Lamar Washington and Jalen Tyson. I mean, they were getting a lot of turnovers there in a short amount of time. And that sets you up perfectly. But Davion Harmon executed when it needed executing, got fouls when they needed, and just brought this team together. To what? To, say it with me, grit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, with 12 minutes and 37 seconds to go in this game. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> Texas Tech was down by 23 points. It was 59 to 36. The game was over. Caleb Grill hit another three-pointer. The game was done. It's done. It's over. Like, let's move on. Right? We're about to be 0-9 in conference. Like, let's move on. The game is over. We're down 23, Jeremy. And some I, like I can't explain it. Like, there's just 
the and it's not like it was immediate, right? We were still down twenty. I, I think at one point, let me I'm checking it right now. But uh, let's see here. Um, it was sixty-one to forty with t- about a little over ten minutes to go. So we're still down twenty-one with ten minutes to go. Chip, 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 chipped away. I didn't even think it was possible to put up to come from behind from twenty-one points with ten minutes to go. I didn't even think that was possible, right? Not only is the biggest comeback in Texas Tech men's basketball history, it's the biggest comeback in Texas Tech men's basketball history by a lot. Right, I think the, the previous record was like thirteen or fifteen points. Like it's 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 one it's a it's a record that probably won't be beaten anytime soon, if ever. Um, I looked this up, Albert. It's amazing. This is the biggest second half comeback in the history of the Big Twelve and the Big Eight. They were saying this is the biggest, largest comeback. It's tied for the largest comeback against a ranked team in in college basketball history. Lord have mercy, like it, Iowa it's, State. It's amazing. Like this comeback <laughs> is amazing. It, it's nothing short of a miracle. It was, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, to say the I guess yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Iowa State's the best, arguably the best team in the conference. Right, or at least I believe they're the highest ranked. Or no, Texas is the highest ranked team in the conference. But anyways, one of the best teams in the conference. Right. Uh, at the time, we're tied for first place in the conference. You're playing the worst team in the conference. You have a 23-point lead in the second half. Right? The game is over, Jeremy. The game is done. Change the channel. People, I think, on Twitter were talking about, oh, it's to change the channel. Right? Um, an absolutely incredible comeback. Without Pop Isaacs, without Fardaz Amac, uh, you know, this is... So without arguably your two best players. Well, without two of your three best players, anyway. I don't want to, you know... Talk down on O'Banner. But without two of your three best players or your two, two of your three best offensive weapons to make a 23-point comeback. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm at a loss for words. I couldn't I couldn't explain it. And then I'm over here, you know, I'm over here, like, just glued at the end of it. Like, no, there's no way. They're going to complete this comeback. Like, they're not going to complete the comeback. Right? right? We go into overtime, and I'm like, we have all the momentum, but, like, we're not going to do it. Like, they're not going to complete the comeback. But you know what? They learned how to win against LSU, and that team in overtime was a team that knew how to win a game. Yeah, that you haven't seen that in like that team a while. in overtime was a team. Yeah, like like a week ago, that team loses in overtime. It doesn't mm. matter about this comeback. That team doesn't know how to win, right? But and, and you know we talked about it. You just gotta learn how to win because now after making that huge comeback, you're in a dogfight for the last minute of the game, and you're in a dogfight for the five minutes of overtime. And guess what? They now know how to do it. They now said, okay. Earlier, just this past weekend, we had a similar situation. We found a way to win. Locked down defensively, which they did for the first time all game, even during the run. All time all game, they locked down defensively. The defense was looking good. And they said, hey, D. Harmon, you know that thing that you've been doing for the last 10 minutes where you're just driving the lane? Keep doing that. Hey, Tyson, you know that thing you've been doing? Keep, yeah, just keep just keep doing that, right? Just keep driving. Keep getting there. Hey, O'Banner, are you going to get the rebound and put it back up? Bet. Keep doing that. And it worked. And, and man, it's a... Uh, <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. It's comical. Um, shout out to Lamar Washington. Mm-hmm. Lamar Washington, like he was great in the comeback. I mean, he. Oh my God, yeah, Jeremy. I can't. I got. I, I'm, I'm at a loss. You know, this is. Even if we don't win any other games this season, right? Or if we go on a tear and win every other game this season, this game is important for so many reasons and i think one of the things you touched on is just this team identity right that we haven't had this how are we going to win this game 
whose job is it? And then we kind of fumble around and figure it out and just lose anyways. But this team gritted it out, gritted it out. The coaches allowed them. So with Bacho off the court, with no Fardals, you're playing small ball again. And you've got, uh, and you've got I think it was, um, who was running the five there at the end? Just O'Banner at the five. And where's O'Banner been best for us in history's past? At the five. And so it's just like, you know, it, it felt it felt fluid, man. It finally felt fluid. It felt like everybody knew. The whole reason we started getting all those turnovers is because it felt like Lamar knew where he belonged and Tyson knew where he belonged. And they were able to play off of that with confidence that and they had. And Elijah Fisher. Elijah, and Elijah Fisher, Fisher played defense. Yes. He's playing defense out there. He's, yep. just, he's like, I'm a five-star recruit, but I ain't here for the offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was Me. D'ing up. Everybody, and, and uh, yeah, also definitely another massive win in this game is pressing, <laughs> pressing the yeah. pressing the offense. I mean, come on, <laughs> we've been wanting we can it do all that season. When you're, yeah, I mean, when you're playing small ball, you don't have necessarily Bacho out there or, or Amac out there. You can do that a little bit more. You have the athletes to do so when you go to that small ball lineup. Demarion Williams got a lot of burn in this game as well. He played well in this one. So like it's it's um, yeah no it's 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 very. I mean, at this point, you have injuries. Go to the bench, right? Like, use them. Use them more. Robert Jennings played in this game. Use them more. See what else we can do. See what talent we have. I think all Tech fans know that this team isn't that far off, right? Like, I know we were 0-8 in conference, but, like, a lot of those games were close. A lot of those games. We we didn't have to make 23-point comebacks in a lot of those games, right? Like, (laughs) three-point loss to Kansas. Six-point loss to TCU. Five-point loss to Oklahoma. Uh, um, uh, seven-point loss to Baylor, two-point loss to Texas. Like, these games are close. We're right there in them. So Mm -hmm. it gives you hope that now we're on a two-game winning streak. We've done done the impossible coming back from 23 points. But, like, let's not have that period where we look awful, right? Let's not have that period against LSU where we look awful, right? And I think shoring some of those things up before they go out and play, you know, their reward for having the greatest comeback in school history is going on the road to play 11th-ranked Baylor. So good luck on that one, right? Um, and so they're going to have that this weekend, uh, this Saturday. But, um, yeah, this team is still exciting. Uh, the crowd was was bad. And I, I know it was cold. It was icy. It was snowy. So, you know, that could very well be the reason. Um, so prove to everybody that is the reason whenever the Tech plays Kansas State here in a week, or, uh, uh, a week and a half. Uh, prove that was the reason. Pack out the place because the, the crowd was a little bit embarrassing, to be honest. It reminded me back of the Tubby days, Right. <clears throat> and then it just wasn't it wasn't how where it should be. Um, they did this and they made this work in spite of of the poorest crowd. So um, yeah, no incredible comeback there um, for those. So <laughs> we did talk. Uh, uh, we were talking a little bit about it in the chat. I did, I was asked this a little bit um, for those that still have hope, a glimmer of hope that this team can make an NCAA tournament. I will give you a record that the team needs to have a glimmer of hope to still make the NCAA tournament, right? I don't have that hope. I'm like, that hope went away. But some people still do, Jeremy. Six and three. If Tech goes six and three, starting today, from here on out, that puts the the Texas Tech Red Raiders at 18 and 13 at the end of the regular season in the toughest conference in basketball. And that also gives Texas Tech a seven and... uh, Seven and eleven record in, in in conference, which is the bare minimum you need to get into a NCAA tournament. Seven and eleven in conference, 
18 and 13, a regular season record. That puts you flat on the bubble. Maybe add a, a conference conference tournament win in there as well. Uh, but that would do it. So if, if that's if you still have a glimmer of hope, six and three. Tech gotta go six and three from here on out. Um, to have a chance, a shot. Um, anything else, and I would say four and five for a shot at, at the NIT. Four and five, we can still get in the NIT. Six and three, we got a shot at the NCAA tournament. Anything worse than those two figures, uh, one, two, three, Cancun. You know what's crazy to me is that I think often we can forget about how tough a conference we play in. But out of those eight games that we've played, uh, six of them were top 25. <laughs> it's just, it's it, it's unfathomable. I, no other teams in the country are playing schedules like this. Like even in the SEC, like there's, they kind of have their juggernauts over there, but it's down the, down the ladder. No, it's garbage. Uh, the Big 12 is <laughs> top to bottom. It is officially, it we have, you are welcome, Big 12 narrative. We have officially uh, circumnavigated. We beat Iowa State. So this is a top-to-bottom tough conference. Before, it was just kind of top to mostly the bottom. Now it's top to bottom. <laughs> yeah, well, to make matters worse, Jeremy, in the next nine games, we still play six, six ranked yeah. six ranked teams. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so it doesn't get any easier. It does not get any easier. Anything else you wanted to say to the people? Um I'm excited for the Baylor game. I think that, you know, going on the road, um, we we won on the road technically, you know, and we, we won on the road for the SEC matchup. Uh, you get a win at home. Now let's go back on the road and let's like, let's maintain some of that grit. I mean, you, Iowa State's going to be a better, uh, better team than Baylor just as kind of like a roster outlook and things like that. But, you know, Baylor's incredible tough team. They, they uh, they got you pretty good earlier in the season. So here's a time to go back out and like respond. And so I'm excited for this game because the stupid Iowa State game gave me a little bit of hope. Uh, not hope for the tournament, not hope for anything like that, but hope that this this team can just go out and grit out some more wins. Like there's just it, it just seems impossible to lose the rest of your games going forward. Um, it is possible. New slash, but it seems impossible. Hey, don't, yeah, don't, don't tempt. <laughs> um, so it sounds like Jeremy, you're saying Tech Men's gonna win. I'm they're saying back to back. They're gonna win the effort award. <laughs> that is no more victories unless you suck. And so Jeremy's still on the suck bandwagon. So we're gonna have some moral victories. We're gonna have some moral victories this weekend. Good job, good effort. Um, so yeah, now this this team, I, I'm hoping that now they've learned how to win a little bit, and it carries forward, right? I'm hoping that we these dogfights that are 50-50 ball games that really have felt more like 80-20 go back to being 50-50 at the end of the games, right? A team that now knows how to win, knows not only knows how to win, knows things to do at the end of games, right? Like, hey, let's give the ball to D Harmon because back to back games they did it. It, it happened in LSU game too. Excuse me, where Davion Harmon said, give me the ball and I'm going to try to make some drives. Jalen Tyson said, you know what, I'm going to try to calm down on the turnovers a little bit and take smarter (laughs) shots. Right? Like certain things they were doing, certain habits they built at the LSU game carried over to the Iowa State game at the end when it went from a blowout to a dogfight. So where we were the pit bulls and not the chihuahuas. Yep. So, um... So yeah, no, it's it's great. I was able to wear my uh, Texas Tech home field advantage shirt to work. Things comfy as hell. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure hey, you use our promo code Tortillas12 uh, to 
uh, for your first order from Home Field Advantage, make sure to do that. Um, we haven't done that promo in a while, so make sure to make sure to do that. Uh, tortillas twelve, tortillas one two, at Home Field Apparel, and rock the shirt with me because Texas Tech is gonna go into Waco and play very hard. They're gonna play hard as long as they have fun. As long, I will say this, and though I'm not really not, I'm not that confident in in winning at Baylor. To be honest with you, um, I am. I do feel a bit of a way of us playing Oklahoma State, right? Um, you know, Oklahoma State is a game where I'm like, you know what, we might make some things shake. They're the only team we have not played yet in the Big Twelve. Or we played everybody else. We just played Iowa State for the second time. Oklahoma State is the only team we haven't played yet in the Big Twelve. They don't know us. They ain't seen us. Right, Oklahoma State's also a team that's right now not great. They're fighting for to get into the NCAA tournament themselves. Um, and so and this is not going to be a weekend game, so it's always best to play a team like Oklahoma State on a weekday. Um, so I need them to get the fury the women felt after their loss in Gallagher-Iba Arena, embrace that, internalize that, and turn it into a W. Um, I think that gives us a much better shot in Stillwater than we have in Waco. So, um when it comes to, for those asking as far as the men versus women meter, it's, 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 it's leaned a little to the men, a little bit, a little bit, but we're still going to keep it on the women's side, but it is, it is teetering. It's teetering a little bit more. So, um, for Jeremy Gillen, the people's champ and the person who guaranteed back-to-back women's wins and back-to-back men's wins, um, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network, and the official podcast for Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people.